You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119 in your Bibles, I'd like for you to look with me, beginning in verse number 121. The Bible says, and of course this is a Psalm of David, uh, this is a psalm that is all about the Bible. It's all about the Word of God. And you know, one of the best commentaries on the Bible is the Bible itself. I was talking to Brother Willette this last week, and I just I asked him, I said, can you just give me some advice as a, a younger man, younger pastor? And I'm thankful he didn't correct me and say, well, you're actually getting old, brother. He, 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 he ran with it, so we'll run with it as well. But um, he said, you know, one thing I'll tell you, brothers, he said, is, is read the Bible, study the Bible. He said, I'm not against books about the Bible. He said, but I'm all, more for the Bible. And I want to encourage you, don't get so wrapped up in reading all kinds of things about the Bible and, and commentaries. I'm all for commentaries and explanation, but that doesn't take the place of the Bible. And the Bible is the Word of God, and we need the Bible. And you, you and I, we need the Bible every day. And this psalm is all about the Word of God and what it meant to David and what he uh, had to say about it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Verse 121, David says this, I have done judgment in justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate Every false way. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us in these few moments that we're together. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the privilege we have to be in church. May we never take these days for granted. I pray that you would bless this evening uh, our shut-ins, those who are sick, those who cannot be in church, those who are uh, watching online, those who are listening by way of radio. And Lord, I pray that we as your people that do have health and strength, I pray we would never... Uh, never miss out on these days to serve you and to be a part of this church and to be a part of the ministry that you've called us to. We love you. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number one, I want you to see in this particular section of the psalm that David made the statement that he tried to do what was right. Notice verse 121. He says, I have done judgment and Justice. The word judgment there is a, a verdict. It is a decision. The word justice is that which is right or that which is righteous. David could say that he had done his best to make right decisions for himself and for his kingdom. I wonder this evening if we were to ask you, could you say the same? Could you say, I've done my best to do what is right, I've done my best to make right decisions for me, for my family, uh, for my church, for my place of, of business. I've done my best to make decisions that are right. 
So many times we make foolish decisions. We talked about that a little bit this morning. We make decisions that are based upon our flesh. We make decisions that are based upon our pride rather than decisions based upon the Word of God. You know why it's hard to do what's right sometimes? Because people don't always treat us right. And when people don't treat us right, we, we start to play this game in our heads of, well, I should do this or I should respond this way, but they don't deserve that. So I'm not going to do what's right. I'm going to do what they deserve. I'm going to give them an eye for an eye, right? Tooth for a tooth. Somebody is rude to you at work and rather than being forgiving or rather than being kind or rather than being Christ-like, uh, we get in the flesh and we think, okay, you don't know who you're messing with. I'm going to get you. And maybe it's not in a, a, a work situation. Maybe it's in a family situation. Maybe you know how to push the buttons to drive your parents crazy. Or you know how to push the buttons to drive your spouse crazy. And can I tell you, you and I must every day say, Lord, help me to make right decisions. Help me to have judgment and justice in everything I say and everything I do. Can I tell you, rather than making decisions based upon what we want, be good to make some decisions based upon what God wants. Be good to make decisions based upon what pleases God. How will this decision glorify the Lord? How will this help somebody else? How will this affect eternity? David says, I have done. I've done my best to do judgment and justice. And David said, I've done my best to do what is right. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, the Bible says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. May God help us to do that which is right. Bob Jones Sr. was famous for making the statement, do right till the stars fall. You know what that means? You better just keep doing what's right. Do what's right today. Do what's right tomorrow. Do what's right the next day. Just keep on doing what's right because that is what pleases God. David is writing and many rulers of the time were corrupt. Many rulers of the day were guilty of not doing right judgment, but they were guilty of perverting judgment. For a ruler of David's day, it was oftentimes about a bribe. It was oftentimes about you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. And, and justice was many times thrown out the window. But David says, I've strived to please you, Lord. I've strived to do what is right in the position that you have placed me. Verse number 121, David says, Therefore, because I have tried to do what is right, leave me not to mine oppressors. Because David said, I've not been guilty of oppressing others. He was confident that God would in turn protect him from those who would oppress him. I looked up that word oppressors and I, I feel like I, I know what it means, but it literally has the idea to press upon someone. It also has the connotation of deceiving or defrauding someone or to do someone wrong. And I want to remind you that this week there will be people that will try to oppress you. There will be people that will put pressure on you. There will be people that will fight against you. There will be people that will make your life miserable. 
And your life will be miserable if you focus on those people. But don't focus on those people. You focus on the Lord. And you focus on doing what's right and let God take care of the oppressors. That's what David said. He's the king, but he says, Lord, I need you to handle those that seek to oppress me. Number one, we see David try to do what was right. Number two, notice the responsibility. Verse 122, David says, be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. That word surety is a, a term we use as a financial term. It's, it's the idea of a security deposit. Uh, we often use that expression. The Bible talks about in Proverbs about being surety for thy friend. It says, be careful about that. And you definitely don't want to be surety for a stranger. Uh, we would say the equivalent today would be to cosign. You have somebody that you meet on the street and they say, hey, I, I could get this loan, but I'm going to need you to sign for me and sign with me. Well, that'd be a bad idea. I got another idea for you. I wouldn't recommend that you co-sign for a friend or a family member unless you are willing and able to pay that loan. You say, well, where in the world do you get that? Well, how about Proverbs 11, verse 15? The Bible says, He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. It's a good idea to stay away from that. And then Proverbs 6, 1, it says that when you do become surety or when you do put that security deposit down for somebody else, it says thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Uh, it'd be a good idea if somebody says, hey, I need you to loan me $100. It'd be a good idea to say, if I'm going to give this person $100, it's not going to be a loan. It's going to be a gift because I may not get it back. Let's find out. How many of you have ever loaned somebody money and you never got it back? Let me see your hands. All right. Okay, that's a lot of hands. Wouldn't it be so much better to say, no, if I want to help somebody, I'm going to give it to you. And if I see it again, great. If not, Oh, well, be, be surety, David says, for thy servant for good. Now, here's the thing. David's not talking about a friend or he's not talking about uh, a family member. He's talking about God. And he says, Lord, I need you to put the security deposit down on my life. He says, God, I need you to help me. God, I can't get the loan without you. God, I can't make it through life without you. I need you to be my surety. I need you to be my security. And here's the beauty, is that God, when he puts his name on the dotted line, God always comes through. God always takes responsibility to meet up to his promises and to keep his word. We asked about people who have made loans that were not paid back. How about this? Have you ever had someone make a promise to you that they didn't keep? We all have. By the way, how many of you have ever made a promise that you didn't keep? And again, I think all of our hands would go up. But God has never made a promise that he did not keep. God has never, ever uh, made a, uh, 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 taken on a loan that he could not pay back. God has always kept his word. And David asks God, he says, I need you to be my surety. I need you to be my security for good. 
David asked God to stand with him, to stand for him, and to stand by him. He recognizes his desperate need of God. And if anything good was going to come to David, it was going to come to David through God. Maybe you've been somewhere before and somebody looked at your finances or somebody looked at your credit and said, there is no way in the world that you're going to get a loan without some help. Can I tell you, there is no way in the world we could make it without God, but He is our surety. He is our security. He is the one who takes responsibility to care for His children. David says, be surety for thy servant for good. I'm glad that God is good. I'm glad that God uh, is nothing but good to us. But then he says again, he says, let not the proud oppress me. Here again, he's talking about an oppressor. He's talking about someone who is proud, who is putting pressure on him, someone who is seeking to hurt him. And number three, we see that David's reliance is upon God. Now, sometimes, again, we try to deal with our oppressors. We try to deal with our situations, and, and we try to take matters into our own hands, but not David. David said, Lord, this is something I'm going to place in your hands. God, I need you to help me. I need you to deal with those that oppress me. I rely upon you for your help in my life. Notice verse 123. David says, mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. That word fail in verse number 123, it literally has the idea that your eyes become so tired uh, from looking at or looking for something. My, uh, my parents did not let us uh, watch a lot of television and what we did watch, they were very, very strict about what we could watch and I, I thank the Lord for it. Um, but I remember a few times in my life where my parents, they would let us um, uh, do um, video games. We got the original, well, we had the Atari. How many of you remember the Atari system? Wow. That's like in the, uh, the museum now, right? That's ancient. But I remember when we got a Nintendo, the original Nintendo. And I remember we would play that, and there'd be some times, maybe like a, a Friday night or something, where my parents would, would let us play that, and we, would, we could play that for hours. I'm talking about we could play it so long that your eyes would hurt. And, but you're so tired, but you wanted so much to keep playing that that you almost want to try what they do in the cartoons. You want to try toothpicks, right, to keep your eyes open because you were so intent on what you were doing and what you were watching that even when it seemed like your eyes would fail, you just had to keep them open because you had to keep doing that. Well, David said, mine eyes fail, but not for a video game, not for a television series, not for the Internet, not for a, a, a video uh, not for an amusement, not for a hobby, but he says, mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. David was looking for and he was longing for God to step in and deliver him. David wasn't counting on his friends. He wasn't counting on his neighbors. He wasn't counting on his army. He wasn't expecting that his experience or his education or his ability would come through. David said, I'm counting on you, Lord, and I'm watching for you. 
and I'm expecting that you're going to show up. I'm expecting that you're going to keep your promise. And I'm trying to keep my eyes open. And I'm trying to keep watching you. And I'm trying to keep looking unto you. And God, my eyes fail for thy salvation. Well, I want to remind you tonight that there may come a time when your eyes fail. There may come a time when your strength fails. There may come a time when your power fails. But I'm glad that God's strength never fails. And I'm glad God's word never fails and God's promises never fail. And David says, God, I'm watching. My eyes are hurting. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. But I'm going to keep on looking for your salvation. I'm going to keep on looking for you to show up. And then he says this, mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Now look back at verse 121. David says, I've done judgment and justice. David says, I've tried to do what is right. But friend, if we're going to do what's right, we're going to have to get in the book because this book is the word of righteousness. You can't get your morals from Hollywood. Uh, I think it's amazing to me how Christians are in an uproar. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. And I haven't, I haven't read it, so I don't know what it's all about. I'm not claiming to be the expert. But I've heard recently that people are talking about Disney and how, oh, I can't believe they had this on Disney. Oh, I can't believe it. And, and people are acting surprised. Now, I've got news for you, newsflash. I've not been putting my faith in the television and I've not been putting my faith in Hollywood and I've not been putting my faith in the entertainment industry and I've not been putting my faith in politics. My faith is in Jesus Christ and my faith is in the word of God. And this is our standard for righteousness. Don't be surprised when people do wicked things and don't be surprised when people say awful things because our standard is not people. Our standard, our rule is the word of God. Amen. David says, my eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Keep your eyes in the word of God. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Wait for God. Uh, don't rush God. Don't get in a hurry. You say, well, why is God taking so long? He might be taking long by your terms or my terms, but he's always right on time. God's not in a hurry like we are. God's not in a rush. You can trust him. You can depend upon him. You see his salvation. I'm glad that he still saves. His word, I'm glad that he still speaks. I'm glad that his word is still right and his word is still true. Notice verse 172 in Psalm 119. The Bible says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Hebrews 5, the Bible talks about the word of righteousness. This book right here is the word of righteousness. Do you think it's any wonder that our nation is in such a mess? Is it a surprise that our homes are in just such shambles? Is it a surprise that marriages are falling apart and that uh, young people are, are, are going the way of the world? I want to tell you, I believe the problem is that we have gotten away from the Word of God and we've replaced the Word of God with the television, We've replaced the Word of God with the Internet. We've replaced the Word of God with man's ideas and man's philosophy. I believe as God's people, it's time to get back to the Word of God. And David says, Lord, my eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.